Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I guess it's basketball season. Welcome to the Online Enquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner, Online Enquirer publisher. And yes, we've been so busy covering what has been a very fun, successful Illinois football season. But basketball season now is sneaking up on us when it usually doesn't. We're usually begging for basketball to start because football is not going so well. Well, Illinois 6-1 and one on the football field, ranked, fighting for a Big Ten West championship and a berth in the Big Ten championship game. But Illinois basketball and Brad Underwood are going to tip off and get, at least get in front of the public for the first time on Friday with their exhibition against Quincy. Joy Wagner and I won't be there because we'll be on our way to Nebraska to cover Illinois football in a big Big Ten West game. But Derek Piper will have you covered from there. But it is time to get ready for the season. We've talked with Derek Piper, uh, but now it is time to get our basketball analyst, Michael Tulip, on the pod. He was wondering, hey, when are you going to give me a call to start this? And he's like, ah, yeah, I know. You're underst- you're uh, kind of busy right now with Illinois football. But we talked for more than an hour about this Illinois basketball team, the new Illinois basketball team. And that's what's really going to make this non-conference especially so much fun. And maybe even the exhibition on Friday night is seeing all these new pieces. Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, Dane Danger, all the freshmen, Sky Clark, Ty Rogers, Jaden Epps, Sincere Harris, and then returners playing in new roles, Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez. Uh, no Luke Goody, of course, because of the injury, but to see all of this come together, to see this not rebuild, but retool, and how Brad Underwood and his staff employ it is going to be so much fun to watch. It could be shaky at times, could look great at times, but to see what it becomes during the season, the journey uh, is going to be a lot of fun. So we talked for more than an hour with Michael Tua about just the overall season preview, how this team has changed. Then we get nitty-gritty with each player. We break down this roster, what their role is going to be, what our expectations are for them. And then by the time we get out of here, I ask Mike for his thoughts on the Big Ten, the Big Ten race, which team he's higher on, which team he's lower on, um, and, and potentially uh, some players with pressure on them as well, and who he thinks should be the Big Ten league favorite. Is it Illinois? 
Well, we get into that. Michael Tulip, Illini Inquirer basketball analyst, former Illini and Wright State player, joining us next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, it's that time of year. Uh, We're usually begging uh, for Michael Tulip to get back on the podcast, but there's been good football. So uh, basketball season actually a little bit sneaking up on us, but we are always excited to have Michael Tulip, and this will be our season preview, Michael Tulip season preview uh, for an Atlanta basketball season, Mike, that is so dang intriguing. Like, I I don't know if I've been as excited to see an exhibition because we don't know what this is going to be. Yeah, I think more than the year's prior, right? You got Kofi, you got Io. There's an element of it where you kind of ex- know what to expect. Um, you know how the, the offensive scheme is going to be laid out, defensive scheme. Uh, just because when you have a player like Kofi, and we've talked about it over the years, there's you're, you're not not going to formulate your strategy and, and your schemes around him. So um, now you usher in this new wave of guys and, and it is it's exciting because we're going to be able to break it down and, and learn all of this in in real time it makes it fun to watch but it also makes it fun for you know for what we do yeah. to talk about it because it's all going to be it's all going to be so new well the one bad news is uh the secret scrimmage uh during kansas is luke goody goes down with a broken foot uh usually if you google it, it takes six to eight weeks for a foot fracture to heal and then there's probably a build-up recovery rehab all that um so a couple months at the minimum for luke goody to be out what's your reaction like how, how does that impact this team mike a great deal it's it's a big blow it is um look he's dependable and it provides toughness he, he you know i think coach talks about all the time with um, how vocal he is and for a team that has some new guys and some guys that need to be brought along and taught the the offense and the defense that's that's invaluable and and he's still going to be able to be that uh it's not like he's just going to be up in a suite somewhere during the games um but look there's it's it's important um you know that that they're able to to kind of stem the tide here cuz i i really do think that their depth um, there's not much of it. Like, I, I think their top five to six is about as good. I think it is as good as any team in the Big Ten. Uh, but going beyond that, uh, it, it gets thin because you have guys that are inexperienced. You have guys that haven't proven themselves yet at this level. So having him as, you know, the adhesive, I guess, if you will, um, between those two groups, and I know they had him penciled in as a starter, uh, there's a lot that there's kind of a chain reaction now that, 
that he's out. You know, I think if you wanted to have Terrence doing more ball handling, he's got to be more on the wing now. And that probably ushers in Sky to, um, you know, to take more of that ball handling duties. And uh, and it bumps the, you know, whoever was 10 and 9 goes to 9 and 8. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it, it's a big blow. And you look at the numbers from last year, and if you were just, you know, anyone but an Illinois fan, you'd think, oh, you know, they may lose a little bit of production, but but what he did went way beyond that because he is so good defensively, um, and, and he's he's probably one of the best defenders they have just because he's always in the right position, um, and he talks and he's vocal, and we we broke down some of that in the film last year, so it, it's it's a big blow, man. Yeah, and just a proven shooter on a team that lost Alfonso Plummer, lost Trent Frazier. They now like at least they have Matthew Meyer, right? Like they brought him in to be an upgrade over Luke Goody all around. Um, Terrence Shannon. RJ Melendez, they still have all those guys. But yeah, I think losing a depth piece already, certainly not what you want. We've had a long offseason here, Mike, of talk, yeah. of Brad Underwood offseason talk, which always can be interesting. What's the most interesting thing you heard about this team, whether it's from Underwood, anybody else during the offseason? Yeah, I think every year you hear coaches that are, you know, there's certain guys that they want to put into ball screens or he can handle it. Yeah. Um, I think the surprise is, you know, how many of these wings are capable of that? Um, you know, you hear freshmen all the time that are coming in and a coach will talk them up and we love his versatility and he can do this, he can play one through four, one through five. I mean, there's all that talk. And then, all, and then you know, you get the lights come on and it's a little bit different, but you've started to see and, and, and coaches stuck with this and you're starting to see it kind of leaking out in, in, in different ways, but they have a lot of guys that can handle it. Um, they have a lot of guys that can come off of ball screens and the luxury that that kind of gives you as a team. I mean, think about, you, you wouldn't really do that with, with Jake. Uh, you wouldn't really do that with DeMonte. Um, Trent got so much better at it throughout his career. Uh, and, and you see Trent now doing, doing it overseas. Uh, that's, I think what, what surprised me the most. We, we've seen glimpses uh, of a few of these guys. Uh, you know, Terrence Shannon wasn't, really depended on too much to come off of ball screens when he's at Texas Tech, but he's he's showing that he can do that. And I think Luke Goody being penciled in as a starter at some point proves that. Um, you know, trying to, to bring these freshmen along a little bit, you know, ease them into it in a way um, means that you feel comfortable enough with the ball handling from your other guys. So I think that's been the most interesting piece, and, and it's probably what I am most interested in seeing play out as we go. Who becomes the ball handler? and who becomes kind of the main initiator, if you will. Well, Mike, this is a team with two healthy returning rotation players from last year, right? R.J. Melendez mm -hmm. and, and Coleman Hawkins. Seven newcomers. What's the dynamic like in an offseason? Uh, and then on the court as a season begins, how long does it take to gel? How do you gel uh, as a yeah. team? Yeah, I've seen this firsthand. My 2013-2014 season, we had nine new guys. Um, granted, Cosby, Starks, and, and Darius were were redshirting, so if you want to call it six, then fine. But um, you know, every guy learns at a different pace, and, and I think that's part of the acclimation pro uh, process. Where you know, some guys can hear things and go out and do them. Um, some people need to rep them. Some people need to be in it and experience it for it to click. And you know, because of that, there's such a long acclimation period and you know things are clunky at first and uh but the goal is always to find ways to to speed that up um 
And that's always dictated by the type of guys that you have. Um, you know, I think everyone has expectations individually, uh, especially freshmen. That's always, you know, any freshman that, that came in when I was at Illinois, I, you know, especially when I got older and there was guys, you know, they come in, they're wide-eyed, they, you know, parents are telling them this, friends are, you're going to be this, da 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 Keep it simple. Play hard. Be a good teammate. Be coachable. That's it. You shouldn't you should not have any other expectations because if you do those three things, one, you'll probably find yourself in the court, and two, all your little expectations will be a byproduct of you doing those things. So, you know, I I, I think, you know, if those expectations that those guys have individually, if those don't align with what's best for the team, if those don't align with what's right for their role as newcomers, um, you know, the longer you try to hold on to that, the longer that process is. Um, so the more that you can throw those things out and say, hey, each guy is going to do what is best for the team and what is kind of defined in their role, the sooner you can do that, the sooner you're acclimated, the sooner you gel. And and that's just – I saw that firsthand, and um, we probably didn't do as good of a job with it, at, you know, as a, as a team in 2013, 2014. Um, you know, but if you have the right leaders in your locker room, you can you can pull those things off. And, and I think, too – this program has proven over the years Brad Underwood, the staff has proven like, Hey, just stick with us here. Coleman Hawkins, stick with us. Great we'll example. win. Like, you, you know, and, and you'll have your time. You'll have moments where, where we're going to count on you. And I think that, you know, guys respect that and guys that, that brings you credibility and that brings, you know, for teammates to be like, Hey, you know, like we've been through this. Mm-hmm. Like if you just listen, you'll, we'll win games, man. Yeah, I think Terrence Shannon has proven himself to be the vocal leader of this team now and kind of the the guy. But I think having the example of Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez who wanted to do more last year, but coming out the other side of it better, playing some big games, I, th- I certainly think that can help. Um, the style of play is, is a huge conversation we've talked about, Mike, in the offseason. But you said it, Kofi Coburn, it worked. It worked to a certain point. You're hoping to go past that point now. But what are the pluses and minus of a style of play change, and, and how do you expect them to play? We've heard a lot of talk about this, yeah. right? Play fast, you know, use your length, use your versatility. Um, look, I'll start on the offensive side of the ball, if you will. Uh, you know, losing Goody is is big. Uh, you know, you imagine a drop off, slight drop off, and outside shooting because you don't have him. But I think the reality for this team is. You know, I'm not sure that's as important. It was definitely important for for last year's team because you could see that. I mean, they truly, if they missed shots, it was hard for them to win games. When Jacob Grandison was out of the team, that yeah. it was a different team. Yeah, no, exactly. And that that torrid stretch that they had in December and early January, it was it was it was so aligned with their shooting, where you get into tournament play and it's like, I hope we make shots. Now this team is different. I think. With Luke Goody being out, like I mentioned, you have that dip. But I, you're gonna be hard pressed to keep this team out of the paint. Period. Like this team, I think you can simplify things offensively. I think you can start exploiting matchups, be matchup dependent. Where it's like, boom, we go dribble weave, and if we like a matchup, let's go and and get two guys to commit. Blow like I think that's what you're gonna see out of this particular team because they have the athletes, they have the speed. They have the length, they have the quickness, and you know I think uh, Coleman Hawkins in the game a lot of five out. Um, you know I I think you, they can spread you out. 
you know, you may see less actions, like I, I like I mentioned, because, um, like like I said, it comes down to exploiting those matchups. So offensively, it's going to look a little bit different, but I, I expect this team to shoot more free throws than they did last year. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be a, a a huge part of it. You know, you look at some of the teams that have led the you know the Power Five schools in in uh, you know in free throw rate. Over the years, right? You know, last year in particular, it's Arkansas, it's Arizona, it's it's Texas Tech. You know, what all those three teams have in common? Yeah. They just have freaks on the wings. Athletic, tough, tough matchups. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of that from from Illinois this year. So that's particularly the the offensive side uh, of the court there. Yeah, Sky Clark, Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, like maybe even Coleman uh, can can get to the free throw. I think Terrence Shannon's going to have a lot of free throws this year. Uh, defensively, Mike. You lose Kofi Coburn. That's that's a good one-on-one matchup with a lot of these bigs uh, in the Big Ten. He owned Hunter Dickinson, uh, Zach Eady, went head-to-head with him. Uh, but obviously, they pose some problems on the offensive end, right? Um, so that's kind of what you give up. But defensively, do you expect them to be more aggressive? Like, I don't know about all the way to early Brad Underwood, Illinois era, but how will they change defensively? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an aggression that's like, hey, we're blitzing ball screens at at half court you know i mean i i think because what that opens what it opens you up to is rotations and you know those are the teams the teams that blitz um the teams that trap or corral those are typically the teams that actually give up more threes um and and that's part of what has made illinois such a good three-point defense over the years because when you're in drop coverage you stay out of rotation um you know there's not tagging on the backside and throws to the back action and the guys having to tag or X out from underneath the basket. Um, you know, you're going to have, you know, with Hawkins in the game, you can switch one through five. Um, and, and you, you saw a lot of, you know, I've, I've watched a ton of Terrence Shannon with, with Texas tech. That's what they did. Now, Texas tech probably had less principles because more just fly around, figure it out. I would expect them just because they're younger and, um, you know, and that's just, that's just more Brad Underwood. You're going to have a little bit more, defensive principles and nuts and bolts to it as opposed to just like hey fly around figure it out um you know but but i do think that being able to do that with coleman in the game not only can you do it just because of the length and the size and the versatility but you can do it because i'm not sure it hurts you on the glass you know sometimes you know the reason why people don't really like switching sometimes is maybe it's an interior matchup or we don't want this guy on a perimeter but part of it is we don't want our big man on the arc because he's got a rebound. Like, we need someone to, to crash. And I think the length and the size and the athleticism these guys have, I don't think that's going to be as much of a problem. Now, with Dane Danger, you know, you're obviously going to have to probably do more of what Kofi did. Like, you you know, I don't think you're going to have him switching. I think you're going to have Dane more in a drop coverage. Uh, you know, so that's going to mirror that. But I, I like that you have some versatility there. Because yeah. as much as, you know, you want to be able to switch everything 24-7 the entire game, being able to drop a little bit, like that's that's going to limit those three point attempts. That's going to limit, you know, guys just getting blistered off the dribble. So um, versatility has been the the word, right? And I think you have it in droves with this team and the, and the lineups they can play with. The non conference schedule, man. Like this is going to be. This could get bad at some points. It also could look great at some points. But when you have obviously three warm up games: Eastern, Kansas City, Monmouth. Uh, but then you get UCLA, either Virginia or Baylor. Syracuse isn't going to be good, but you get Syracuse at home. 
Um, Maryland, obviously, is a conference game, but it's in December. Texas yeah. and the, the Jimmy V Classic, Penn State, Missouri. Man, that's fun, Mike. I, I can't – I love the way Illinois is scheduling and the fact that they can draw games like this. Like, I, I wish yeah. they would have had a better ACC challenge game, but at least Syracuse is going to give you something different to, to see, and, and it's a different kind of challenge with that zone. It, it is, and I, and I think, you know, you get your feet wet with these first couple games – uh, of the regular season they, they shouldn't have an issue in, the, in those first three games and then it's on and like you know UCLA's a fantastic test um you know Hami Hawkes, Tiger Campbell uh now you got Amari, Amari, Amari Bailey in there um as well I, I think you know Syracuse you mentioned it that's going to be a great test because I think that's going to really tell you early and I know it's one game, it's one small sample size, but do we have guys that can knock down outside shots? And because Syracuse sits in that two-three zone, what does our offensive rebounding look like? Because that's you know, that's another thing that you can do against that team. So I think you can you'll get a good glimpse into into what they can do there. And if they do both those things well, I don't I don't see them having a problem with Syracuse. And then you know you mentioned Texas, you mentioned either Baylor or Virginia. Um, I think they going back and I looked through most of the Big Ten teams, they they have probably the the toughest non conference schedule. Now Michigan State yeah. has probably the, the hard the toughest three game stretch. Uh, I believe they go they go Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova. Um so there's there's that, but you know, I think you're gonna come into conference play, you know, really really knowing what you got or or taking your lumps in some ways, but that's good. Learn early. Uh, it's better than running the table and going 12 and 0 playing nobody and getting punched in the mouth early on in Big 10 play and trying to regain momentum. We call that a Minnesota from last year. Uh Xavier, North Carolina, Arizona, Kansas for Indiana. That's pretty good yep. too. Uh, I love that yep. they're testing themselves. I, I love when those teams do that. There, I mean, there's a few I, there's a few uh there's a few teams that that have those types of tests. I think I I had it somewhere here where you know, MSU, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Villanova, Michigan, Kentucky, UNC, Virginia. Um, Purdue's light. They got a light non-conference. Rutgers has a light non-conference. Ohio State goes Duke, UNC, San Diego State. UNC's playing everybody. Everybody, <laughs> everybody in the Big Ten is 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 getting a shot at UNC. So um, when you think, and we'll get to this later, but like when you talk about projecting out to the NCAA tournament, you know those are you look and you say, oh man, we need to get some wins early. But it's like, hey, these are all chances for quality ones, right? That's kind of how you have to look at it. Um, you know, so I know we can chalk up wins against Eastern and some of these other teams, but you know there are some massive opportunities for this team early, and I think you know you you got to look at it as an opportunity to to gain some confidence. If you can come in there and compete and knock off UCLA early, you got to be feeling good about yourself as you continue on. Yeah, and the Big Ten gives you enough wins. Like Michigan was what seventeen win team going into the yep. postseason last year. Like you, you're going to find a way to get enough wins in the Big Ten uh, to make the NCAA tournament. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's break down this roster, Mike. Um, yeah. Let's break down what the newcomers bring. I think I think we can settle on this guy leading the team and scoring. Terrence Shannon Jr. from Texas Tech was a phenomenal player for three years. Actually had probably, I don't know, worst year, but least productive scoring-wise last year at Texas yeah. Tech. But he had the back injury uh, and was playing on a team that was, was pretty dang loaded uh, with talent. So... How do you think he transitions to being the guy on a team? Does he have it in his game to be that? Yeah, it's a really good fit. Um, it is. You look at these these big wings, these two-way wings, um, in abundance. Go look at the 2022 Sweet 16 and beyond. Like Those are the types of teams, types of guys that you see out there for an Arizona, for a Texas Tech, for a Houston. Um, they look like Terrence Shannon. Uh, you know, I, I think it's really trendy to look at other guys and label them as breakout stars and sleepers. And um, but he has to be the most important player for this team and for for a lot of reasons. And I think um, he's willing to shoulder that. Uh, that's that's another part too. I think he, he he strikes me as a guy that doesn't want to run from that. Uh, that if that if that becomes the case, that he's welcoming that. And you need a guy to take that on. Uh, but you need what well, you need from him because you didn't. He was in and out last year, you know, with some injury stuff and kind of couldn't really regain momentum when he came back and was, you know, minutes were up and they were down. And I think now with the opportunity that he has, you just need consistent production from him. Um, and, and that goes beyond just counting stats. That's, you know, consistent effort defensively, which he brings consistent on the glass, which I think is an area that he can improve in. Um you know, I, I think last year he had three games of five-plus rebounds. Uh, I, like, his size and his athleticism, he should triple that. Brad Underwood gives him crap about it. He said, you yeah. averaged two rebounds a game last year. That's not good. Yeah, that's just, you know, he should be. Not only should he have more than five-plus rebounds in ten-plus games, he should average five-plus rebounds. Like, he's that type of athlete. And I, and I do think, in just watching him, he has that type of nose for the ball. But... um you know, other guys are going to have peaks and valleys, um, and Terrence is going to have his fair share, but you, you need him to be consistently productive, um, and he should flourish in this role. Like, look, he's he's shown to be extremely effective when he gets minutes, extended minutes. I mean, he, he played last year in Madison Square Garden. I think he played 42 minutes against Tennessee and um, had 18 and 12 and got to the line and, and looked really good. So, you know, you give him that type of opportunity and uh, – you know, I think if he delivers and he's consistent, he, he's another guy that I think can hear his name on, on draft night. We do the comp thing, Mike, and it's just Illinois hasn't had a guy like him in a nope. while, right? Like, he's, you know, more athletic than Malcolm. He's bigger than, than Kendrick. Um, I guess longer Ravante Rice is kind of what he could play like. Um, I, he reminds me, I, I people on the podcast have heard me say this, but he reminds me of those Nebraska guys like James Palmer and, and Teran Petaway. But um, that that's kind of what he's built like, right? We just, Illinois just hasn't had a guy like that in a while. 
They haven't. And, and I think the other element to that too is the mixture of, you know, there's been guys that in the big 10 that have been athletic and there's been guys that, you know, can, can shoot it like he does, but the combination of it all and then mixing too, just how serious he takes the defensive end. Um, that's huge, man. And, and I think that's that's part of what why he has all the makings of kind of a surefire all Big Ten type of player, first, second team. Um, he's that type of guy. Uh, so I, I'm excited for him because I think you, you watch and you see in glimpses last year at Texas Tech, and they just had a lot of guys. Um, and Illinois does too, but I, I think this system and, and really getting up and down and running and gunning, if you will, I think that's it's kind of where he belongs, and I think it's where he can – take his game to to the next level uh, another consensus top 20 transfer uh matthew meyer out of baylor a lot of people thought he was going to take a huge leap last year on baylor but they ended up having some other dudes on that team and, and meyer just wasn't as good uh, the shot selection wasn't as good wasn't as uh good from three but clearly uh, another talented long skilled piece that brings value to the defensive end as well how do you expect him to fit in here? Uh, and, and again, a different kind of role. Maybe not the guy with Shannon here. Coleman Hawkins uh, does some similar things, but um, Matthew Meyer, more of a wing. Um, so what do you think he's going to bring? How does he find his role? Yeah, I think first things first, the importance of having a guy that's that's been there before. You know, He's reached the heights that I think this this program wants to reach. And, and I get that he wasn't the first or second guy on that team, but he played a big role in that, in that tournament run and getting them all the way to the, to the national championship and winning it. So uh, I think there's a certain element um, of respect that that's commanded from a guy like that. Uh, you know, I think your, your teammates just respect you a little bit more because you've done it. And, um, but he has all the tools. Uh, you, you just, you just need consistency in his, in his effort and, and he does he's, he's a really really good defender he is and I think the biggest thing for him on the ball he's fantastic he's he's great in passing lanes it's it's off the ball that I think he can take that next step you know there were a couple times where uh, in the NCAA tournament right like he fell asleep and Brady Manick either back cut knocks down three like those are the types of things just continuing to stay locked in and and he's got all the measurables right like he's got the athleticism and the guys that have those measurables have that athleticism and the guys that are dialed in package all that together things just fall into place man like you're six nine you have all that like just things fall into place so um he flipped that illinois game if you remember back in india a couple years ago completely flipped it like it just because he was active he was he was getting out on the open floor he was crashing the offensive glass he was knocking down threes like that's he has so much explosive capability, and he is a guy. Like, don't be surprised if you're like, look down, and you're like, he has 23 points, and we're, you know, we have seven minutes left in the second half. Like, that's that's the type of explosiveness that he has as a scorer and a shot maker. Uh, but you're gonna have peaks and valleys with with him. He's gonna take some shots. You're like, All right, maybe not at the right time, Matt. But I, I will say, Brad Underwood, and we've seen it has done such a good job with these types of guys. These kind of let it fly. And we, we saw had it. had one last you know, we, year. <laughs> we had one last year um, where he, he allows these guys to be themselves. Yep. Um, because the, you know, Matthew Meyer's greatest attribute is his confidence. Um, I, I don't care what anybody says. And it sometimes it can morph into borderline 
let's not take that shot. But you'd rather have that than a guy that just refuses to assert himself or take initiative. You have that with him. So um, I- I'm excited, and, and, it, and it wouldn't shock me to um, see him come off some ball screens. You can move him around. He's, he's a really talented kid. The ultimate wild card, and one of the guys I'm most interested in watching because we haven't seen him really play at the college level, is is Dane Danger. I gotta say, like the staff has toned down the rhetoric about Dane uh, this off season, but they are still very excited about what he brings because of his work ethic. I think, and not not only just the weight, but just how much he wants it, Mike. Um, but I, I think when you you need a big body in the Big Ten, and the fact that kind of the expectation now is not starting five, be Kofi. It's be a compliment, right? Um, so so what do you want to see out of Dane Danger, who we know as a recruit, had great skill, big body. I don't want to say Trevion Williams, but that kind of body with a good passer, can dribble a little bit. Um, not a shooter, but can, can get his, his buckets around the rim. What, what's your expectation for him is, is he really plays his first high major basketball? You said it. Um, he's a freshman. Yeah. He is, and I, and I think we need to – to treat it as such. And I've certainly tempered expectations just, you know, in fairness to the kid. Um, you know, I expect him to be, to be a serviceable backup big. And, and I don't think it's crazy to, you know, to, to expect that, you know, like, is, I, I is think the expectation can... like Georgie when Kofi got here? You know I mean, and, like solid. Yeah, offensive I, may, yeah I think maybe, I think, I think Dane still got, a little bit of a ways to go to to get because you know you remember Georgie, I mean is is and granted the team was a lot different but freshman Georgie's year, freshman year he had like thirty five against <laughs> Rutgers or whatever it was. Um, it's one of the most like, fun I, I, seasons. Like I know they were bad, but like just that kid was so much fun that year. It, yeah, man, and, and I think <laughs> that's 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 the part of it too for you know for me when I look at him where it's like hey, what he is, you know, and and credit the kid he's he's. He's lost a ton of weight. He's put himself in position to to play some some decent minutes, to play, you know, 12 to 15, 18 minutes a game, depending on the script. And uh, all he should focus on is snaring rebounds, um, being in the right position to be a good screener, um, you know, make kind of high IQ decisions when you do have the ball. Because the reality is, you know, they're not going to force you. This isn't, right. you know, this isn't, Kofi 2.0 where we're coming down running horns rolling you into the post throwing it in now there may be certain matchups where that happens but you know you don't you don't need that out of him that's what I go back to when I talk about this team gelling it's a guy like Dane Danger knowing who he is and, and who you are right now as a freshman on this particular team is a guy that rebounds it's a guy that is solid in, in ball screen coverage defensively it's a guy that when you out of roll you roll your, your ass off and you know, and if you do get the ball thrown into you, there's a couple things we can do. He's a better passer out of the post than Kofi. Um, you can do some split screen action. He can make a read because uh, as you know, as many strengths that Kofi had, that was not one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and even though he took some steps last year, it still wasn't good. Um, so, look, like I said, I've tempered expectations for sure uh, on Dane, and I think anything that he can give you in the effort department in the rebounding department is is a plus and it's about you know kind of all you need from them all right coleman hawkins in the spring i didn't know what to expect like <laughs> after after his interview with us where i had to ask him are you gonna be here like yeah 
but what when I talk to him, he's representing them at Big Ten Media Days. Whatever it was, something seems to have clicked, whether it already had clicked before that and he just wanted to make sure he was the, one of the top guys on the team. I love what I'm hearing out of Coleman. I love what I'm hearing out of the staff about Coleman Hawkins. He's talking about defense. More than being the guy offensively, all those things. He's talking about winning. He's talking about, you know, this is my team now. Like, I got to step up and, and and be one of the leaders on this team. I'm excited to see the growth from Coleman Hawkins in February to March was ridiculous. Was one of the best players on the team late last year. And now I think he can be one of the best players in the Big Ten, uh, just overall as a player. But he doesn't need to score 15 points to do that. I, I just think he can be one of the best NBA prospects yeah. in this. So I, I think his ceiling is, is incredibly high and his floor is incredibly high too. I really like this kid, man. I, <laughs> I do. I think, you know, and beyond just his game, you know, hearing some of the things that, that he says, granted the spring was wild. Like there was, there was some <laughs> things. Because Coleman like, says I, things. He, he's not afraid yeah, to he, say what hey, he feels. I will say, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you'll, you'll listen to player interviews and you're like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Like you better be on the edge of your seat because he's he's gonna kind of tell you like it is. And look, I think Coleman's another guy that similar to to Terrence Shannon in a way that should feel more confident and feel more stability in in his role. Like, look, this is a different type of psychology when you don't when you know that you don't have a first team All American running to the scores table if you make a mistake. If you're in at the five. Um, I've referenced it before on this podcast, but let's let's take it back to Indy again against Baylor. Kofi picks up two fouls, and Georgie has like 17 first-half points because he's not worried about that guy running to the scores table. There's a whole different type of psychology there, and I think Coleman should just be able to play free. And we saw last year, you know, when he was you know, when Kofi was out to start the year, um, you know, like it was up and it was down a little bit, and they're going to put him in different spots, but. But he can't get carried away. I think he's cerebral enough. And I think the most important part is I think he knows who he is yeah. now. Um, like Coleman's more of a five than he is a four. Like that it wasn't natural for him to be next to Kofi as a four or five. Um, it just wasn't. And you saw um, plenty of times where, you know, he's kind of he's in that spot where he's catching on the perimeter and he's ripping. And that Marquette game in particular trying to drive through those gaps and like that was where the bulk of his turnovers were coming from because outside of that he, he really doesn't turn it over too much and um look he should get enough pick and pop opportunities where he can either take those those catch and shoot opportunities or drive long closeouts um or operate in space but uh, the one thing i'll say about coleman two things really this guy's played in big moments yeah like he was like nine and eleven in that iowa clinch um huge part of, of that game huge part of them winning that title my favorite and, stat of the year might have been this Isaac Trotter went back and watched it when he was guarding Keegan Murray Keegan was 2 for 13 from the field like he was unbelievable and I think he was 9 for 15 or something like that the rest yeah. of the game like he, he was unbelievable and what he did to Ron Harper in December was ridiculous and and that's that's the other thing right like he has a major opportunity to solidify himself as one of the premier defensive bigs uh, in the league like he, he could be a guy up there that's on the all defensive team he, he really could and um you know but I think going back to the ex- the experience that he has and the the moments that he played I mean think about that you know I think the glimpse that you got of what Coleman could be this year is the last eight to ten minutes of that Ohio State game at home last year 
Kofi's out. They make this run. And I get it, you know, wins at your back. Like, you know, you, you're just kind of letting it fly. But they were so spread out. And he could drive long closeouts. He's getting little dump-offs around the rim. He's getting fouled. He's going to the line. Like, if Coleman Hawkins plays 25 minutes this year, he could sleepwalk into 10 a game. Mm-hmm. Just from his activity uh, alone. And and and, and that's, that's what gets you so excited about him is because – you know, as a kid, he excites you because you know he's he's about the right things. Anybody, I'd say, I don't even know what the percentage would be. 80 to 90% of guys that have been in his position the first two years of their career in this day and age are gone. Yeah. They're going to another school because they, they want to go be the guy. And, you know, deep down, I think he, you know, him sticking it out. And I think it says a lot about him. It says a lot about, you know, not only what he thinks of this program, um, but what he thinks he can accomplish. And, um, he should feel settled. Um, you know, he should feel confident in the fact that that he can contribute in these big moments. All right, RJ Melendez. We saw it towards the end of last year. You wonder what he would have been without the uh, emergency appendectomy because that was right when he was hitting his stride. Yep. We saw that the spark he brought, despite the technical, <laughs> it shouldn't happen in the NCAA tournament game uh, against Houston. But I mean, if if Matthew Meyer isn't here. We're talking a lot more about R.J. Melendez. We certainly were in the spring about his potential as one of the go-to scorers on this team, but he still could be, Mike, right? Like, how, how do you see yeah. him fitting in now with adding Shannon, with adding Matthew Meyer? Yeah, he, he seems to be everybody's breakout candidate, not only just around the Illini circles, but um, just nationally. Like, when people talk about this team, they look at what he did last year in a small sample size, and you extrapolate it. And it and it gets you pretty excited. And um, look, the flashes he showed last year just kind of knocked you out of your seat because once again we talked about Terrence Shannon. That's a guy that we haven't really had um, in R.J. Melendez. Long, athletic, can shoot it, can do some things off the bounce. Uh, now it's a matter of where he fits in on this particular team because you know if you think about his skill set and we love his length, um, but this roster's changed since last year. So. You know, last year his length and his feel and his versatility was an asset to that particular team and, you know, gave him minutes on, on an otherwise kind of undersized team that lacked length. And um, now you add Shannon, you add Meyer, you add Rodgers, and um, there's other guys that kind of fit that bill. So how do you separate yourself now? Um, you know, and I think for him it's, it's doing the tough stuff, like consistently. Uh, you know, as a freshman, you're kind of just coming in, you're deer in the headlights, or and credit him. Like every single one of those freshmen that came in last year were so confident. Yeah. Um, and that's so rare for for guys at that age. And um, look, I think he's he's a guy that you know when if he can do the 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 tenacious, you know, tough things. We always talk about that list of hey, is it long? The list longer to take you off the floor or, or, or keep you on the floor and if he does those things to go along with the attributes that he has I'm not sure how you can take him off the floor uh, he's a pro man like, he's a pro and I'm not saying this is like his last year at Illinois um, but he projects out to be that type of guy and, and we're starting to have that conversation more and more and, and it's and it's real like I think a guy like him can um, you know, that's not to say he's going to be 15 a game this year, right. but he's going to have big games um, my, in my, big moments. Yeah, the point I was going to make is he's a guy that can lead you in scoring for more than a handful of games. Like For sure. You know, last year we knew it was going to be Kofi, maybe sometimes Plummer, maybe sometimes Trent. 
and that was it. Like maybe mm-hmm. Grandison every once in a while, but like yeah. RJ Melendez wouldn't surprise you if he's leading the team in scoring game, twenty points. You know, with, yeah. with Shannon and Hawkins and Meyer getting a couple double digits too. So to have that guy as potentially your third, fourth option. Like that's that's a huge luxury uh, for this fifth option. I don't know <laughs> because uh, this guy. Let's start with the freshman, Sky Clark. Huge expectations coming off a knee injury, uh, but a top thirty prospect, former five star prospect. I guess top thirty five prospect now, but former five star prospect. One of the guys that's going to be counted on more than any Big Ten freshman, along with uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, you know Bryce Sensabaugh, maybe Ty Rogers. We'll get into that discussion, but. What are your expectations for Sky Clark, given that he hasn't played a lot of basketball, but they're putting a lot on him, especially with Luke Goody gone. Uh, he's certainly going to be the starting mm-hmm. point guard, I would imagine. Yeah, and look, there's obviously a ton of excitement around this kid's recruitment, right? And landing him just, you know, it felt like a big deal, and it was a big deal. Um, and you start to see now, I think initially I was, I was pumping the brakes – tempering expectations again similar to Dane Danger but even with Sky just because coming off the knee injury in fairness to the kid um, I'm pretty excited now man like I I, I, I do you know I, I do have high expectations for him but high expectations in the sense of like hey this is a guy that that is steady um, that's more than anything uh, is he a guy that can help you contribute to help contribute to win a Big Ten championship and, you know, not a lot of guys can be counted on to do that as freshmen. And, and look, in this league, I mean, think about this. Think about the guards. We'll just call them combo guards. And I know these guys have a little bit more size than, than Sky. But think about the guys that made a splash in this league last year as freshmen. Malachi Branham, Bryce McGowans, Max Christie, gone. Like, they're, like those are NBA players now. Um, it's hard to make a splash in this league as a freshman and, you know, and, and not find yourself in the, in the league. And I think the one guy that they, they have similar, like, I guess, different styles in a way, I think sky's more athletic, but if there's one guy from last year that I say, Hey, this guy is, you know, a solid, solid, solid big 10 player as a freshman showed up in big moments, helped his team win a share of the title, it's Chucky Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if, if you're Sky, it's, you know, it's even 7-8 to game, 2-1 to one assist to turn. Like, th- those are the type of things that I think he can do to help this team win. It doesn't have to be 13-14 a game for us to feel like, oh, wow, the whole Sky Clark experiment was worth it. Right. Um, like, this is going to be a team that's going to have scoring. It's going to have those things. And he's going to do those things in different games. Like, he's going to have games of 16-18, to 18, maybe 20 points. Um, he's going to have games where he facilitates his way into five, six, seven assists just because I think there's so much talent um, around him. But look, like I, he's so good playing off two feet. He's so steady. And, and that's really all that you you need from him. And then the last point that I'll make is, you know, from that particular position, you know, over the years, you've had guys that step on the floor that you really don't have to honor their outside shot. He didn't really have to do it with Curbelo. He didn't really have to do it with DeMonte, even though he shot the cover off of it two years ago. Last year, the, some teams were acting like that was fool's gold. Feliz. So, Feliz was the same way. Feliz the IO's the same first way. year. And, yeah. Yeah, and now you got lineups that you can trot out there with Clark and Shannon, Melendez, Meyer, Hawkins. All five of those guys you at least have to honor. Yep. 
So, you know, that's another element that I think he brings, and he's a combo guard. He can do both, and I'm excited about the kid. I'm, and I'm happy for the kid because he seems to be about the right things and has done such a good job of uh, investing in, you know, the the recovery and the training to to get himself to the to this position to, to help his team go after another title. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought because, like, he's showing, like, we've seen clips of his athleticism. Like, he can dunk, right? Like, this isn't yeah. a, a bad athlete. But he's kind of yeah. got the Chucky Hepburn old man game. Like, he's really yeah. heady, like, just makes the right plays. Like Jalen Brunson, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, off two feet, pivots. like that's... Just plays like a 22-year-old already kind of thing. Like, he's probably going to turn it over early in his career, as all these guys do, sure. as they adjust. But um, he's a really, really intelligent uh, basketball player. All right, Ty Rogers, one of my favorite prospects. Um, speaking of guys who play way older, you talked about it. Freshman. The one thing I loved about Malcolm Hill, even though I know it was dicey early just because he didn't have any confidence in himself, the kid right. played hard. He, he he made effort. Like, that was his freshman year. He was just effort guy, rebounded, knew how to get on the court. Ty Rogers is going to do all those things, right? Like, all those things that you just, hey, play hard, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. That seems to be what Ty Rogers will be. Yeah, once again, I feel like a broken record. There's another guy that you feel like you haven't had over the years, like this kind of point forward, high IQ, um, can come off of ball screens. You know, Brad Underwood's talking about using him at point guard, and um, you know, and and I always want to make the distinction. Right, there's been coaches over the years who are like we're going to use him at point guard. It's like, all right, is he bringing the ball up the floor? Because if you bring the ball up the floor, that doesn't make you a point guard. No. A lot of people off can of do ball that. Screens, yeah. yeah, like are you coming off of ball screens? Are you making reads? And he can do those things. And, you know, it's easy to see why the staff is, is so excited about him. And I think what this staff will do is say, you know, we don't want to spread him too thin. Like we can't get overexcited about everything that he can do to where he almost becomes robotic or it's, or it's paralysis by analysis. Like let him kind of be who he is. We talked about Underwood being, being so good at that. Like just let him loose. And, you know, keep the main thing the main thing. It's how can we put him in a, in a position to utilize his motor? How can we put him in a position to utilize his activity? Because when you watch him, whether it's in the FIBA stuff or, you know, stuff from high school, he's a basketball player. Like, he's a basketball player. He's not a guy that just has this one attribute. He's not just an athlete. He is a basketball player. So the what you can do moving him around, right, um, he's going to get production by osmosis. Like, he's just he just is. And, you know, you can you can have him coming off of ball screens. I think you can have him setting ball screens. And if, if a team wants to blitz, I'd love to have Ty Rogers set a ball screen because we talked about it. You hit him on a short roll and it's four on three. It's Ty Rogers making a read to some guys that can knock down shots or cut back. Like there's there's so many ways that you can use him. So um, I'm excited because, you know, this is this is a honestly, I mean, this is a freshman of the year, all all freshman team type of guy and same thing goes for for sky potentially landing on that team i think there's both of them have the potential to do that and um there's a chance that that he could he could lead his team in minutes i that would not surprise me because there's just so many uh, we talk about i'll go back to it the list what's longer keep you on the floor take you off the floor and if he's gonna play and he's and he's low maintenance too i think that's the other thing like he doesn't need volume shots to be productive he's one of the few um, guys you have to tell to shoot like because yeah. he's, he's not a strong shooter but eventually he's gonna have to be able to to shoot and his, his high school coach did that but 
He rebounds, and this team's going to need rebounding from the wings. He's going to be one of the best defenders on the team. And as you said, I mean, his best offensive skill is is his ability to handle and pass. And we're talking about a six six, you know, power forward basically. And it's what's really funny is you you think about his NBA prospects. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone after this year. Well, the name, say the name. I I mean, Jeremy Sohan, right? Yeah. I mean, like I would not be surprised. And part of that is what, what's so funny is we always, you know, people always look at the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And what's going to end up happening is I think he's going to generate enough buzz um, as this kind of NBA prospect. He's going to go to an opposing gym and someone in the stands is going to be like, Oh, this is Ty Rogers. guy. I keep hearing him floating around. He's on, you know, he's projected 18th uh, in, in, in next year, in this upcoming draft. And then, like, they'll watch the game. They'll be like, wait, like, this guy took four shots. NBA like, draft like, I don't well. get it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, when you watch him, it's all the other things, right? Like, it's all the other things. It's how he impacts the game. And it's it's what I always talk about when you talk about projecting to the next level. Um, we don't need you to have 18 a game at Illinois because we got Devin Booker, right? <laughs> like, we got uh, Damian Lillard. We got, like, we have guys that can score the basketball. So guys I thought that Coleman, are basketball players are a value. Coleman made a great point about that. He said, Io, how do you get on the floor? Defense, right? Like in the NBA, he's not all American guard Io DeSumo. He's yeah. role player, but does everything well, Io DeSumo. And yes, Ty Rogers is one thing is he can't shoot. Jeremy Sohan shot twenty five percent from three and he becomes a lottery pick, right? Like plenty of guys. Yeah. Plenty of guys that, that fit that that same mold. Jaden Epps, he's a bucket. Um I think it's going to be up and down for him, but you and I were texting like, who's scoring off the bench, right? Like that's why I think eventually, do you bring RJ Melendez off the bench? Do you start Tyrod? Like all these things we could talk about at a later date, but Jaden Epps will come off the bench, and they need somebody who can score, and he's a fearless scorer. It's just can he do it efficiently? Can he handle? Can he do all those? And and defensively, they seem to like his potential. Uh, because he's a big, strong – he's not a long body, but a bigger, stronger, stouter body. Yeah, you're going to have to to tinker with lineups because there's – I don't think you can – early on you can definitely get away with, you know, those those three, four guys, four guys that are coming off the bench, putting them all in at the same time, keeping one guy. Like you're probably going to have to still have two to three scoring threats on the court at the same time when you start getting into these big games, uh, at least two to three on the court at the same time. So Jaden – you know, we, we've heard a lot about his, you know, we've seen it too. Like, you know, you watch in high school, it's 30, 40. You know, he can score. He can put the ball in the basket. I think for him, it's how dependable, uh, if you're going to handle the ball, be a backup point guard, um, can you set the table, right? Like, can you can you limit your turnovers? Uh, you know, turnovers through aggression, great. Turnovers through, you know, mental mistakes, those are the ones we want to avoid. So I think, you know, I, I'm interested to, interested to see with the Goody absence. I think that kind of bumps up Jaden a little bit in terms of an uptick in his minutes. Um, so seeing what he can do, you know, I, I think, you know, Brad Underwood mentioned it, just how fearless some of these freshmen have looked, especially in the in the scrimmage against Kansas. And I think Jaden Epps falls into that category. And um, you definitely want a guy like him that's going to be aggressive. And uh, I, there's certainly going to be peaks and valleys, just like there's just with the with the rest of these freshmen, but um, if he can prove to be that kind of spark plug um, and give consistent good minutes and make winning plays 
and, and compete defensively because I think that's the other thing too with with Jaden is I'm not sure defensively when he's in the game if you're going to switch one through five. Mm-hmm. Like I think Sky can hold up. I mean, Sky's 210 pounds and it feels like 190 of it is in his lower body. Um, just tree trunk legs. I don't know. Like you may have to pair Jaden and Dane Danger because Dane's going to be in drop coverage. You can have Jaden fight over the top, square back up. Um, that's going to be certain ways that you're going to have to tinker with that. Uh, but all remains to be seen, yeah. right? You know, we can have this conversation and be kind of lukewarm on expectations and he could come in and be a real spark plug. So um, I'm interested I'm interested to see how he kind of acclimates himself and um, with this kind of newfound opportunity with Goody out, how he takes advantage of it. This is a time to acknowledge we're talking about a top 75 guy coming in with like the expectations of being, oh, can he be the seventh guy score? Yeah. Like sign of the times. <laughs> um, shout out to Brandon Lee. Love talking with Brandon. Uh, we're not going to have a, a focus here because I, I just he's going to get some spot minutes. Maybe yeah. eventually he, he cracks into here. But sincere Harris is a guy that I don't think we would have talked about much either uh, because he's going to need some development time. But with Goody out, I do think there's potential for him to get some minutes here, Mike, because they need bodies, they need some depth, yeah. and he and he can certainly defend. Um, he's certainly got length and athleticism. He's really skinny uh, for for a Big Ten basketball player. But I'm interested in what he becomes down the line because I saw a guy in Taze Moore in Houston who just made a huge impact against Illinois because of his bounciness, his activity, and I think eventually Sincere Harris can be a guy like that. Yeah, another guy that's that's going to benefit from the uh, from the Luke Goody injury in terms of his minutes getting an uptick and look when you're a freshman that was kind of what I realized when I was a freshman was you know I came in as the shooter and scorer and all of a sudden I'm getting minutes in Big Ten play and I'm asking myself why and I'm like oh yeah wait I just kind of immersed myself in the defensive system like coaches like that you defend I mean that's 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 always going to give you a leg up as a freshman if they feel like they can put you in and depend on you in certain moments you'll you'll get the you'll get the edge over the other freshman that maybe isn't as potent defensively. So with that said, I think, you know, sincere is going to see minutes here early on. We'll see how that continues to, um, to translate to the, to the bigger games. Cause we talk about this all the time, right? Like you can go and talk about depth and there's, you know, they go 10 deep, 11 deep. It's going to be eight, you know, it's going to be seven. It's going to be eight. Like that's what it's always going to be. That's how you keep your continuity. So, um, you know, I, I think long-term sincere is a guy that can, you know, really do a lot of things for this program. Is it going to be this year? That remains to be seen, but he certainly has some of the attributes to, to be able to at least play some, some spot, some spot minutes and not, um, you know, have a big drop off defensively or um, be a guy that turns it over. I think he can, he can be solid in, in certain moments. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mike, I want to get you out of here within an hour. Uh, but I want to go through some Big Ten quick hits here. Just get your thoughts on the league. Uh, we'll go quickly here. But Illinois is in discussion is one of the league favorites, which is amazing given everything they've lost uh, talent-wise and just production-wise last year. 
But who do you think should be the league favorite? I really struggled filling out my Big Ten ballot this year. and I, Because there's no, I don't think there's a top 15 team in, in this league, at least right now, today, I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's tough because I do think, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think Illinois has the best top six, um, top five, top six in the league. And there's something to be said about that. Yeah. You want talent in this league and if you can blend that with um you know with with smart players and with tough players and you're going to win a lot of games and um i went back and forth because i do think illinois can win this thing um yeah. but i do like iowa me too and, and the and the reason look Iowa, you know if you want to talk about iowa versus indiana this is this is what i i kind of don't understand i understand you lose keegan murray i get that Iowa finished three games ahead of indiana um they're Big Ten tournament champions. You know, they, you know, you would expect leaps from Chris Murray, from McCaffrey, from Sanford, from um, from Tony Perkins, uh, and expecting those leaps and then already what they accomplished last year. Like, I think this is a team that I don't want to say is going to surprise people because Ken Palm has them like top 20, and um, I think Evan Maya had them as. Uh, you know, eighth in the country analytically because they're so good offensively. It's always going to kind of slide them up towards the top. But um, look, Illinois is right there. Um, I'll probably, honestly, I'll probably, I'll go Illinois. Um, but if these guys make those leaps, uh, Chris Murray, he won't be Keegan, but he'll be really darn good. Yeah. Um, then they can win it as well. Yeah, no, I love Iowa. I had them third. I had Illinois second. I did have Indiana first because I, I know mm-hmm. they'll defend. Trace and Race are really good. They probably shouldn't play together, <laughs> as weird as that yeah. says. But if they get one or two of those guys to shoot over 35% and Hood Shafino is as good as they think, like they, they'll be a very good team. So I am not buying completely in Indiana. Uh, sure. I don't think they're a top 10 team, but I do think they'll be good. Uh, I just yeah. I don't think they're the runaway. I, I think there's like six, seven teams that can win the league. A uh, team you're higher on the most. I mean, you mentioned Iowa. You got anybody else? Yeah, Rutgers. Um, you know, they're still going to be a thorn in people's side. Uh, you know, Steve Peichel's done such a good job of, you know, implementing his system and culture and DNA. Um, Mulcahy was outstanding. I mean, I know that's wow. like a trigger word for for some Illinois fans. He was outstanding when they kind of gave him the keys and look, he's six seven. He can handle it. Um, you know, he's got great pace coming off of ball screens. He'll put you on his back. He can throw those lobs. I think Cliff Murray is another guy that I think we both expect to to take another step and can be an all league um, type of guy. And I, you know, you you bring back the defensive player of the year uh, as well, um, Caleb McConnell, and um, you know, and then you you add some other pieces i think you know one of the kind of under the radar transfers um is cam spencer um from loyola maryland brother of pat spencer if you guys remember the northwestern wildcat former lacrosse player that was this close to making the golden state warriors this year by the way so um he was 18 a game at loyola maryland and, and and just gives them another outside shooter um it's what they've needed over the years they've been so inconsistent in that area but um Look, they have great defenders. They have guys that uh, are experienced and have won in this league. If you remember, yeah. Rutgers was kind of right there 
uh, when you start playing like that, if this team loses and that, like, the, you know, five games left in the Big Ten season, it was like, there's a path yeah. for Rutgers. So I know they lost Ron Harper. Um, but look, they're a team that I think can be right there, uh, you know, with, with the pieces that they have. Team you're lower on the most. Is it Indiana? <laughs> it's Indiana, but it's Indiana relative to, I think, how they're being yeah. talked about. Like, relative to the whole like outright big 10 champs the big 10 else. runs through bloomington this year yeah like yeah. that's like that's that's the team that i'm a little bit lower on and and you know they have a lot coming back but look this is still a team that finished below 500 um we know what we're gonna get like you mentioned from trace and race and um i shouldn't say we know what we're gonna get from xavier johnson because we just <laughs> we just really don't um but hood Shafino, i think what he can become I think dictates yeah. that ceiling. Like if he becomes a guy, which starting to be talked about that he can be that, that ceiling gets raised. And I think they can put themselves in a position to win a championship. But we talk about all the time. It's hard as a freshman in this league to be like, Hey, this team won a big 10 championship because of that freshman right there. Yeah. Um, it's hard. And you know, but you, you said it, they're going to defend and, and maybe I'll have egg on my face. Tamar um, Bates is the guy for me. Like yeah. if they let him loose a little bit, let him flow. He shoots it a little bit better. Like yeah. you're right. Like freshman, it's hard to ask that of. Even though Huchifino, I think should be really good. Like you need that sophomore to take a big leap, and and he's the guy I'm kind of looking at this year. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I shouldn't. I don't know. I kind of I seem like an Indiana hater. I'm not. Um, I get the skepticism. It's just it's a history. It's a history yeah. thing. Like it just for them to win the the Big Ten, it's something that hasn't been done in 31 years. Right. So if they can do it, great. But I'm a little bit lower on them than I am others. Yeah, the 31 years, you did the stat, right? Some team yeah. that finished under 500 the next year did not win I it? I think right? it was 19... It was 1990, Indiana. Yeah. Maybe it was 1991. One of the two, but it was Indiana. So maybe it, maybe <laughs> you know, 30 years later, they capture that again. Player with the most pressure? Uh, player with the most pressure? Uh, it's Zach Eady. Um Yeah. And... Not necessarily pressure like, oh my God, he has to perform or else the whole fan base is going to turn on him. You know, that's that's not the pressure I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about literal pressure on the interior because last year he had the luxury of being surrounded. And partly, you know, maybe part of it was because of him, but he had seven guys on that team that shot over 40% from three. And the bulk of those guys are gone. You know, Ethan Morton's still there. Um, I think that might be it. I mean, Stefanovic is gone. Ivy's gone. Hunter's gone. Uh, a lot of those guys are gone. So I think now what's going to end up happening is, you know, you're going to have more teams this year that sell out and say, hey, other guys beat us. Because they weren't doing that last year. You, were, you weren't going to completely sell out on Zach Eady and say, hey, Jaden Ivy beat us. Sasha. He could. <laughs> Sasha beat us. He could. So... You know, I, Zach Eady's Zach Eady's my pick there. Um, yeah. I still think that if he plays 25 minutes a game this year, he'll end up with 18 to 20 points a game. Um, but he's going to have to carry a, a heck of a load. Yeah, Hunter's going to have to carry a heck of a load. I think he could put up monster numbers, but can anyone else do it around him? Uh, and then TJD, man, had a great end of last year. He, I always question, can he be that dude? Like, he's yeah. got All-America pressure on him now, so I'm interested. But those are, those are the three obvious guys there. Um, all right, how many tournament teams from the Big Ten? 
Ken Palm this is, is right. Ken Palm is awesome, man, because he's got how many of these teams? Was it eleven finishing with ten or more conference wins? So that's like basically probably eleven tournament teams right there. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. The way that I kind of had it mapped out, um, I have ten potential tournament. So I have four locks um, in my mind. My four locks are Iowa, Illinois, Indiana. Uh, five, uh, four locks. Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State. I agree with my, you. That was my top four. Top my four, four locks. The should get in is Michigan, Purdue, Rutgers, Ohio State. Should get in. The we'll see is Wisconsin and Maryland. Yeah. Um, those so those are that's ten right there. I think it's going to end up being seven or eight. Uh, I'll, I'll we'll call it eight, um, just because I think this this league in the middle is going to kind of cannibalize itself. Yeah, uh, which you could argue is better, but that's when you start looking at when you talk about resumes who gets into the tournament. That's when you look at these non conference schedules. Before it used to just be like a race to 20 wins. Like if you can get to 20 wins, you'll just get into the tournament. So let's schedule cupcakes, Mm -hmm. get to 11 wins in non-conference and try to win nine games in conference. We'll get in. Now it's different. Like I think the big 10, they have a lot of really good non-conference games. Um, And you can look at that both ways. Like we talked about, like that's you, those could be potential losses. Those, Those could be potential wins that come selection Sunday. You're like, yeah, you know, remember when they beat, Gonzaga in December or beat yeah. Kentucky and um, so yeah I, I'm landing on we'll call it eight I'll stop right there eight how many sweet 16 teams see, I, this I, is I'm, tough. Cou- I'm counting two yeah I, see this is tough because and, and for the record I do think this is the year I think Illinois I think Illinois breaks through yeah um, I guess I should say the, I feel confident in two even though I should never feel confident in a single elimination well tournament. it's matchups man yeah. like that's the thing like I, I you know you look at we have this like sweet 16 conversation about Illinois, what feels like every year, but if they are any other four seed last year, they probably go to the, to the sweet 16. Yeah. Cause you look at all the other four seeds, like you, you know, you play Houston, Houston in the round of 32. When, if you were any other four seed, you're playing New Mexico state, St. Mary's or Richmond, and you're probably going to a sweet 16. And then all that talk goes out the window. So it's so predicated on matchups. Maybe we'll hop on on a pod as soon as the bracket comes out and then ask me it again and then I'll tell you who's making it to the Sweet 16 because right now I, I honestly I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I I love the I love the uh, versatility of Iowa and Illinois, but we saw what yeah. happened to Iowa last year in the first round, right? Like any of these things can happen, but I I think they have many teams who can make it, right? It's sure. just like you said, matchups. And I do think we're seeing you know, Michigan State, I know people aren't high on them, but they could be a tough team for people. Ohio State could be yeah. a tough team for people. You know, Purdue, I have huge questions about, just the same way we did with Illinois with Kofi. And, but they don't I mean, have, media days, media days, it sounds like Matt Painter had huge questions about huge, them. Huge, huge. Yeah. So, yeah, Wisconsin, I don't see as a team that's going to go far if they make it, but there's, there's four or five teams here that yeah. I, I can see making it there. Yeah, yeah, given the right matchup, for sure. Cool. All right, Michael Tulip, man, start of the season. Can't wait to do this every week. We got some film to break down, maybe even like Quincy. I don't know, maybe. Um, but, man, it's great to start this up. Great to have you on for another year. I know people look forward to it all the time. So to have you and Jay Lehman uh, both for a couple months here uh, is going to be a lot of fun, and I know people are always excited to hear your thoughts. Well, I appreciate it, man, as always. Let's see if uh, 
see if the football team can uh, can keep it rolling, man. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. See you. Great stuff, as always, from Michael Tulip. We will have him on every week during the Illinois basketball season. And if you're a VIP member, yes, you can look forward to another year of VIP film room breakdowns. Mike is so good at it. I just basically just sit back and have Mike go through a film session uh, with certain things. That's going to be really fun this year, especially as we get to focus on certain players, a different style of play. Um, It's very valuable. So you can sign up and be a VIP member for just $1. Annual membership for 30% off right now. Uh, Michael Tulip and Jay Lehman themselves are worth it in their VIP film room. So you can check that out coming up uh, as the season starts up. We're, We're lucky to have Mike. We're lucky to have Jay. And for a month and maybe a little longer, We'll have both those guys uh, on the podcast and on our VIP film rooms. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. And thank you for this week, the last couple of pods, for dealing with my voice. I know it sounds bad. I know it sounds odd. But just, just fighting, I feel fine. But the, the kids bring germs, man. It's gross. And uh, end up me getting sick. I'm not even sick. I just got a sore throat and, um, you know, voice sounds awful. So thanks for dealing with that. But... Still wanted to get you guys this pod and and uh, the last pod too. So hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, thank you as always for listening to the pod. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and review on Apple if you get it there. And check us out on YouTube. We're always putting up new videos on that. We're going to try and grow that and enhance that on our YouTube page as well. So give us uh, a subscription there as well as ring the notifications bell and give us a like on all those videos. It really, really helps us out. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. And Joey Wagner and I will talk to you afterwards, after the Illinois-Nebraska game, live from Lincoln. Check us out on our YouTube page for the live podcast for that. Bye, everybody.